Welcome and thank you for tuning into Crossroads Church Aspen and our teaching ministry. We are thrilled that you desire to learn more about God and His Word. We also want to encourage you not to make this a substitute for belonging to a local church in your area. We were made for community and to be relationally connected to each other in the body of Christ. Remember, isolation kills, but community builds. We hope this message blesses you and draws you deeper into the community of Christ Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody's well? Into the getting into January now, kind of getting out of the holiday uh, tension maybe a little bit and getting into back into a rhythm. I kind of like a rhythm myself, but um, here we are, January. Glad you're here. If you're just joining us this morning, um, guys, if you could pull up my first slide up there, that'd be great. We are taking this month to uh, really wrestle with this idea of building our house, building a, what does it look like to build a healthy house, a healthy church family? And we've been going, uh, and I'll go over those in just a second here, just five very building, building blocks that we have embraced as a church uh, to, we want to focus on. Everything falls into those five, and we're just having some discussion on those. We're going to talk about this morning being a disciple-making church. What does that look like? What is that all about? And hopefully we'll have some time here to talk about that as well. But I just remembered, uh, I'll get uh, in trouble if I don't um, announce, for G3, if you can host, if you have a bedroom or a couple, we have a bunch of our partners coming in town uh, for this. It's going to be really great. I want you to meet a bunch of these people, and we'll be putting out <clears throat> who all these folks are who are in some ways or another connected with us. And I just say to you to this, th these are some amazing people, and it's an incredible blessing to host someone. I can promise you, any of these people that we're putting out there for you, it's not somebody just wanting a, <clears throat> you know, a free weekend in Aspen. They're coming to dive in. They've been a part of our family here, uh, and it's an awesome uh, it really an amazing thing. Friendships have sparked from that, and that's the whole goal of that. That's why we host. Uh, so Becca's not here right now, but you can either let Becca know, Reagan, or um, you can let Michelle know if you have for that weekend, January 31st, February 1st, and 2nd, if you have and can host anyone, um, that would be really wonderful. Uh, and please sign up. It's free. But uh, we just need the idea of who's all coming. Um, uh, of course, the outer towners are signing it quicker than us locals. It's just kind of the way it goes. But uh, I promise you don't want to miss it. It's going to be an amazing weekend together uh, as a church family um, coming up here pretty quick. So if you have any questions, let us know um, about that. That would be great. All right, let's dive in this morning. Um, <clears throat> we asked everybody to pray about, uh, as our church family, three things to kind of kick this year off kind of consecrate ourselves unto the Lord. Um, yeah, boy, I even had a conversation this morning and this weekend. Um, folks, we need to be able to uh, turn it off. We need to dial it back. We need to be able to uh, enter that place of rest that is not full of flashy screens and, and busyness and everything else. And, and this is one of the reasons why we're really encouraging everyone to enter this year with a paper Bible and a paper journal. <laughs> Bring them to church. And uh, also, uh, more importantly, might be start our day with that. Don't go straight to that phone. And we're just asking as a church body to, to really, as a discipline, let's, let's try this out. Let's go after this. And the second thing is, is to commit to a three-day fast sometime in January. Um, not alone. It's best if we do that with someone else or in community. But uh, we had some people ask, well, what is that all about, the fasting thing? And we see in Scripture there's spiritual disciplines. Bible study is a spiritual discipline. Getting up in the morning, praying to God is a spiritual discipline. 
But fasting is a, um, it's not just a, a diet plan. It's not just, uh, it's obviously an integral part of, uh, of a lot of health programs today. But in scripture, fasting was, uh, all, has, is all through the scriptures. It's an important aspect of combining fasting with prayer for a season. Could be one day, could be one meal, could be three days, whatever it is. But it's a time to focus. Um, Jesus said he's the bread of life. And when the disciples asked him, Jesus, why aren't you eating? He says, I have food to eat you do not know about. And it's amazing what it does when we fast. If our intention is to draw close to him, he promises to draw close to us. It awakens our spiritual sensitivities. And that's the real purpose of fasting. It's not a a diet. It's to awaken our hunger for God and to awaken our spiritual sensitivities. And oftentimes, most people's testimony is that nothing really happens except a really maybe a hungry uh, stomach or a headache during the the time of fasting. It's, It's what comes after. It's what God does right, to meet us at that place afterwards. So if you have any questions about what that looks like, please talk to us. We'd love to talk to you. Um, and we'll uh, have some, come February, we'll have some testimonies uh, about people and their time uh, with the Lord and what the Lord said. And then finally, of course, just inviting everybody to come be a part of G3. It's going to be amazing. Um, you'll get your, the weekly email go out either tomorrow or Tuesday. We, we did a great podcast with some, with the Terry's and with Casey, um, just some testimonies from G3 and everything was, is pretty awesome. So that'll be fun to watch. All right, let's move on here. Becoming a disciple-making church. Here's our five pillars, building blocks that we are pressing in on. Being a, becoming a praying church. We talked about that last Sunday. This morning we're going to talk about becoming a, a disciple-making church. And then we'll be talking also about uh, community-building church and equipping church, spiritual leadership development, as well as a church-planting church. And we'll talk about that leading into G3, the importance of understanding that, hey, we're a part of a larger community than just right here. And it's critical that we nurture those relationships um, for a lot of reasons, obviously, that we'll be uh, talking about uh, this morning. I'll come back to that in just a second. So becoming a disciple-making church. Uh, If you've grown up, you've heard the idea, the Great Commission Jesus says to us to go out, we're to go out and make disciples. To go make disciples, teaching them everything that I've taught you, that the Christian uh, call to follow Jesus is is to be a part of what he did with the 12 and to carry that on. Is that Christianity was never some, it was really never a a grandstand, kind of a, a huge thing, even if you look in scripture, the times where Jesus had a massive crowd, is the focus in scripture was on the ones who were called out of the crowd into smaller groups that that followed him. Um, Just to share a little bit of my background, I grew up in a tradition uh, during the kind of the the revivalistic tradition that it was about walking the aisle, it was about making a commitment for Jesus, um, and then being baptized, it's about believing and uh, which is all wonderful and, and great, uh, great things in the tradition. But, but, but what happened in that tradition, and it still lives on because it's really a stamp of, of Christianity in America in many ways. It's kind of that revivalistic idea of uh, come forward and, and, and surrender your life to Jesus, pray the prayer of salvation, uh, and, and believe and be baptized. And all of that is good. But here's the problem with that is that it it breeds in the culture, in in a Christian tradition, it kind of lends itself to this idea that, uh, hey, I believe. 
Hey, I, I, it, it, it's kind of a transaction with God. Hey, I prayed the prayer, or I said I believe, or I went through catechism, whatever your tradition is, and I checked the boxes, and I went through the ritual, and I got the, you know, the, the piece of paper you know, that, hey, you're in, you know, type of thing, and, and I believe. And what happens with that is, <clears throat> is that it, it has a way of settling into to really just a, a separation from really who God is, because believing is not following. I want that to sink in. Just believing is not following. It's not what Jesus calls us to. He calls us to follow him. And it takes a format of discipleship to learn how to genuinely follow Jesus. It's not a transaction of, if, of, of I go to church now. And a lot of us <clears throat> fell into, and we might even, we struggle with it today, which is just transactional Christianity, is that, hey, you know, I believe. Hey, I went to camp. I made a profession of faith. I, I did the transaction of baptism. I went through the class. I, I, I joined the new members class, whatever it may be. I go to church on Sunday. And we just kind of get into this cycle of, I believe. And we miss the real call of Jesus to follow me. And what does that look like? And so I want to just kind of bring you in this morning on, uh, it's no fancy graphic, it's actually out of my journal, and, um, and just have a little discussion this morning and kind of dive deep on this issue, because I think it's absolutely key to what is going on in American Christianity, and even where we're at this morning. Every one of us is wrestling somewhere in this journey, I'll describe the, the graphic here in just a second. And this is the importance of discipleship because if discipleship is not understood, if it doesn't become part of the very culture and life of the church, if there isn't a clear understanding of what it really means to follow Jesus in, in, uh, in a relational community way, then again, we fall into transactional faith, a, a, a transaction. And what happens in that is over a period of time, is that we start to really wrestle again with this top question up here of, do I really believe? And folks, today, right now, what's happening in America is because of, of falling into that transaction, call it ritualistic, whatever it is, is you know what? People are bailing out. They're bailing out simply because, you know, that way of living, of just going through the ritual, of saying what we're going to do, the transactional aspect, rather than a transformational idea, it, it, it leaves us with some deep things unformed in the sense we haven't learned to follow him. And you know this, that we talk about Christianity not being a religion, but being a relationship with God and, um, and that God wants us to, to hear his voice. He says, my sheep, they hear my voice and they, they follow me. Right? Um, boy, we, that doesn't happen inside kind of a transactional faith. So I want to start at the top of this diagram. We all, the little arrows are just this kind of coming into the faith, coming into the faith community, a pursuit of God, and uh, in, specifically in the church. And it starts with this question of, do I believe? Do I really believe? And this has been attacked now, right, for, for eons and eons in our, our culture. It's, it's attacked. If you go to public school system, if you go to any higher education in America, it's full-on warfare against faith today. Right? Especially if it's in Jesus, right? And the idea of, of belief is just attacked. What is embraced more today is unbelief. 500 years ago, <clears throat> no one questioned the belief in God. You know, today it's just the opposite in our culture. 
Today, in the American culture, is in our, uh, um, the belief is, is why, how, how, why, well, why believe in God? It, it, the, the, the accepted thing is just unbelief, questioning, right, God. And so we come in to this, this, this process of coming to church, pursuing God, and, and the first question out of us is, is, do I believe in and if you've grown up like I did, you know, and maybe you grew up in a, a higher, you know, the catechism and the strict you know, liturgy and everything. Um, but here's the deal. And this is what's laid out in Scripture. This is what Jesus calls, this is what Christianity is all about. Is yes, there is a point of believing. Yes, there's a point of decision. That's critical. Yes, there's a point of some of these things like baptism and everything else. Absolutely. But a part of all that. The most important thing is after those things are, are, are done is did somebody come alongside you and show you how to follow Jesus? Were you able to be part of a smaller group of people that really dug in on the scripture, held each other accountable to what it looks like to really follow him? Did you get into a smaller group, a community group, maybe start there, a smaller Bible study to, to really wrestle with, wow, what do I believe let me, let, me, let me flesh out the reality of this belief that I believe in, meeting Jesus, my Savior, and the things that he's done for me. I look back, and I went many, many years before um, someone came along, before I, I stepped into that environment where someone came alongside me and, 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 and helped me. There was a youth pastor who did it in my life, and we had a group of guys, and it was a very tight group, and, and, and most of those guys were also, we moved on into high school, and it was our young life um, leader, and he, he drew us into a thing called campaigners. It was, it was a discipleship group, and he taught us what it is to follow him, to hear his voice, to know what it is to be a child of God, and he held us accountable to what I say I believe, am I living it out? See, isn't that the main problem today with people when they look at the church from the outside in America is a bunch of hypocrites. You say you believe, but wait, where, where is that in the life of, of, of those who say they believe? And folks, here's the rubber meets the road is that if I stay in, again, that transactional idea, if I don't move to, if I don't experience discipleship, you know, very little growth ultimately will, will happen in there. And I'll find this chasm between the way I'm living and what I say I believe versus what the Word of God says. And we know that we are all wrestling with this, this idea of, do I hear his voice? Is he answering my prayer? Am I really following him? Is he? Do I see his hand in my life? Because all of those things are part of growing in what it looks like to follow Jesus. Right? And so we just begin this journey and we step into church. And what we need to really wrestle with is just believing is not following. That's the beginning step. And the truth of my belief is not fleshed out unless I start learning how to walk in and follow my Lord, and to follow Jesus. That's what Christianity is about. It's not a belief system. It's an intimate, committed relationship to follow Jesus as the Lord of my life. Um, and that's where the intimate and the joy and the abundant life that Jesus right, talks about. It's not a to-do list. It's not this and that. that. It's my heart. And do I love him? And am I making him Lord of my life? Right? 
And so what happens is we get one way or another, we're invited to church, we, we, we come to meet Jesus, and, and we have an experience with him, and we, we dive into the, the funnel as such, into the church community, and, and we get involved, we, or we should get involved, we stay on the fringe, then let me tell you that it, it, it stays transactional if we don't relationally get in and wrestle this stuff out um, with each other. And I, I, ha- I wrote in here just um, felt needs is typically for all of us, we begin this journey, and even coming to Jesus sometimes is because there's something in my life where I know I I need some help. It could be I'm very sick. It could be trauma in my life. It could be loneliness. It could be just go down the list of things. And and those things in our lives wake us up to start seeking God. Um, It could just be uh, uh, you know that I I, want to see God too, right? Just down to the core. And and what happens in church is what we have a bunch of programs. We have a bunch of, and, and every church does. You have programs for, um, to enhance our marriage. We have programs to work on our finances. We have programs to work on relationship. We have uh, places, Bible studies, community groups for people of all ages to, to step in and, and to, to start growing. And that, that's important. But here, listen to this. This is what's important. Is for a lot of us, is if we don't wrestle with this idea of, Am I following and not, just believe, and, and, and not just believing? Because what can happen is I can just stay stuck up here in this cycle. And a matter of fact, <clears throat> excuse me, many of us, myself, had, had a season. But again, this is kind of American Christianity. We're stuck up there in this cycle of just meeting my felt needs. I need a little soul care over here. I need a little work on my marriage over here. I need a little doctrine. I need some Bible study. I need some knowledge of God over here. I need a little of this over here. I need some parenting help over here. All of that's wonderful. But you see how that can keep us in this cycle of just meeting a felt need that I have to enhance my life. Ultimately, sometimes it can be no different than just self-help. Unless discipleship starts taking course unless something in my heart awakens and starts moving me toward this idea of jesus is lord and to follow him he's not just meeting out and helping my little felt needs in life and not little some huge he does all that but ultimately he wants to rest and be upon the throne of my heart and that's where the abundance that's where the promise of streams of living water right come flowing um, out of us And it's this journey towards lordship of really understanding what it means to believe that Jesus is Lord, of who he says he is. And not just saying that he's Lord, but again, when we start moving in this this discipleship track, this this real awakening track, this maturing track, right, We, we, we have to really wrestle with these bottom questions. Am I willing to follow Jesus no matter what? As Lord, Jesus, no matter what, what your word says, I'm willing to follow. Or we just stay up here cycling through programs and church things and good studies, which are all wonderful, don't get me wrong, they're fantastic, but, but those are on my agenda. I, I, and, and in other words, I need help here in these different areas of my life, but have I really got to the real issue of my deepness in my soul of, Lord, I want to know you. And I want to know what it is to follow you and to, and to live accordingly as the Lord of my life. 
And that's at the bottom here. This is what maturity, this is what it is to really follow Jesus. This is what it is to really be a Christian. Following Jesus is living like he's Lord. It's not just believing, but it's learning to live because he's the Lord. And that cannot happen in just a transactional faith of just going to church or doing a certain few things. That is a deep move in my soul that changes where now my motivation is not just to come and to get one little area of my life fixed or some help. My main motivation starts being and growing, Lord, at all costs, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. Now, folks, there's none of us in here that, myself included, this is a big issue. This is where the rubber meets the road. And here's the reality is, is that we can come and we can listen to a sermon, we can listen to a podcast, we can go to a you know, 20,000-member church and hear amazing message and everything, and we can hear this message over and over and over and over again right in our lives. But here's the deal. Nothing's going to change in my life or your life out of a transactional um, faith into truly getting traction and learning to follow Jesus unless we enter into discipleship. Unless I'm willing to step in to a small group of men, make myself vulnerable and accountable, and that our sole reason in being together is to help each other follow Jesus as Lord, no matter what, no matter the cost. He is King. He is Lord. That means I set my biases, I set my feelings aside, and I, and I come and be accountable to wrestle with the Word of God and get it in my soul. Does that make sense, gang? That is the Great Commission. Go make disciples. Do what Jesus did with the twelve. He walked intimately with them. As Paul said to the Galatians, am I again in labor with them, to, to, to labor until Christ is formed in your soul? That's what we're, we're getting together because we're laboring with each other, praying for each other that Christ is forming in our lives. That's the call of, of Christ. That is Christianity. That's what we see in the pages of, of the Bible. American Christianity, for the most part, is very transactional. Very little of what I just described marks much of the church in America today. And it gets on us, this idea of a, of a transaction. And therefore, what we miss is we stay at the top of that funnel and we don't really draw in near to the magnitude of what it is to see him uh, as Lord and as King. And so what I want to do is, is uh, just give us a couple verses just to, to, to lay this out. Um, and I'm willing to bet that the verses I'm going to throw, I'm just going to give you a little heads up. These are hard verses. This is tough stuff, what I'm getting ready to say. This is not PC. This is not, this is not going to be, you know, make your, yo, I make my ears tickle. This is really fun, you know, stuff. You know, because, again, a transaction in, in the culture we grow up in, is, it's all built upon, I need to feel good. You need to make me feel good. And, you know, that's not transformation. That's not following Jesus. The feelings follow, but unless there's something powerful behind those, 
right, to transform us, then we're just, again, following our felt needs of what I need, what I think makes me feel good, rather than following Jesus and letting him truly and radically form us. And for that promise of intimacy and abundance with him to come alive. So here we go. Lordship, what is it? What does this mean that we're talking about? I'm going to just take us on a little journey. We could go many different places. I'm going to take, you, take us through three uh, discipleship passages in the first book of the New Testament, Gospel of Matthew. We start right here. It says Jesus, in the beginning, when he was calling his disciples, he came to the, the ones that were fishermen, right? And he said to them, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Now, you've heard that a thousand times, haven't you? That verse. Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. What does lordship mean, the aspect of this, moving in that funnel down to really wrestling with not just belief, but but I want to follow Jesus. What does it mean? It means that I need to learn that Jesus is the source of my calling and my vocation. Now, the chances are, most of us, none of us here, God is going to call you to lay down your nets, your your, your money-making, your marketplace thing, and follow him on a journey, but we have to be open to that. Are you open to that? You see, it starts right here, and it's interesting, vocation coming from the Latin, it means calling. It means calling. And when we look at our lives, this is the beginning of this process of following Jesus, is do I believe that Jesus, I think we all would clearly say, yeah, he knows best for me. He's got good for me. But then when it comes to stepping out on that, how much when it comes to my vocation, what I'm doing, where I'm doing it, right, is in his hands, his call, his voice. And how open am I really to to listen to him for me and to set me on that course of of calling and vocation? That's lordship. And folks, that doesn't happen by listening to sermons, podcasts, podcasts. It's fleshed out in our lives. I know that some of the biggest decisions in my life, if I didn't have at that time a small group of men that were were praying for me and and encouraging me and and listening to the Spirit for me and and a backboard for that and and holding me accountable to the Word of God and and, and asking the tough questions is, and before that, boy, I I made some, I, I think we all can make, right? Give testimony to making decisions just because, again, a felt need. I want to go move to Aspen. I love Aspen. Aspen's beautiful. I want to live in Aspen. Well, we often, a lot of us would. But the question we all have to ask is, does God want us to live in Aspen? And am I willing to go where God leads me? That's a big one, isn't it? And it's not really fleshed out until the rubber meets the road, right? And, and uh, we, we bring him into our decisions, right? Um, in this process, I, I, had, I was blessed with some wise counselors. And I'll never forget, it was, it was, it was decision time on some things, and, and he said this to me, never make a decision based on finances. Never. Never do it. 
Just because it looks great on paper does not mean that that's the best or that's what God has for you. And I know in my life is I would have missed God's direction if I would have not heeded that call. You will, again, is that what Scripture says? Yeah. Finances, the package, all of that, right, can be so luring and misleading. The question is, is he Lord? If I say I believe, if I say he loves me and believe he loves me and has my best for me, then why would I hesitate to say, God, I'm just going to bring others into this. Let's pray about this. I, I need to hear from you, God. What do you have for me? I want you to be Lord. I want you to be Lord. Okay, we're vamping up here. Move on to Matthew chapter 8, verses 18 through 22. It says, Now when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side and a scribe came up to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Here we go. <laughs> We're testing what we just read. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Mm. I don't know about y'all, but this is, we have to wrestle with these and we have to do this in a small group of, Do I really? Want to follow him? Am I really willing to wrestle with this down deep in my soul? Am I really willing to put my security in his hands? Do I really believe that he has my best intention at hand? Um, Jesus answers this scribe and just kind of lays it out for him. Is listen, buddy, you need to really count the cost. You need to understand what you're asking for is... I don't have a, a, a mansion or five-star hotels that we're going to be staying in. Matter of fact, I don't even own a home. Matter of fact, these next three years I, you know, that he called the disciples into is we're going to have to just live by faith. We're going to have to see. We're going to listen to the Father and see what he has for us. But how many of us, again, myself included, we look at things, and we, that security thing, when it comes to retirement, when it comes to the package deal again, when we make decisions and we, we put the, yeah, I'll follow you, God, and I believe that you love me and you have me, but I, I need this, this, and this, and this, and this. Here's my expectations, right? Here, here's what I have to have, right? Wow, lordship. All right, Lord, I know I'm in your hands. And even little things, you know, I hear people said all the time is, oh, you know, I've got this issue or that issue, or I, I'd, I'd never go travel and visit mission, in, in, you know, somewhere else. I, I can't Im imagine, and well, why is that? This means, lordship means that, you know, I'm willing to sit whatever fear I have. Lord, you're my Lord. I'm willing, to, I'm willing to, 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 to move and sometimes for God to grow us as we know. You know what? We have to face our fears. And we see it all through the scripture, right? As God takes, takes us to that place. Because what's more important to God? Not my feelings, not my little list, but what's more important to God is that he'd have intimacy with us and he would transform us into his likeness, right? And to do that, he has to really get to the deep part of my soul where I'm really, where my motive, what I really think, what I'm really willing to do, not what I just say, I believe that. But what am I really believing? 
What am I really living for, right? Do I really see him at, at his glory as the resurrected king as we start? Do I really believe that, that he is resurrecting me, that he is transforming, that he does have an, a wonderful inheritance for me? Do I really believe the promises that he will not let me fall through his hands? Do I really believe that, right, that he has me and will care for me? Jesus said to him, foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests, but some man has nowhere right, to lay his head. And so lordship, this, this thing that has to be fleshed out in an in intimate, you know, diving in together with one another as we pray for one another, right? Big decisions and fears. Do you have a place, people, that you're diving in the scriptures and you're praying for each other, that, that you're laying down your fears and you're, 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 you're just being honest? Look, I've got this, this fear. I've got this, this anxiety. I've got this whatever it is and, and might not be able to explain it. And, and are we calling people in to battle with us? Lord, be the Lord of that area. Be the Lord of that area in my life, right? It's discipleship. It's learning to follow him. And that's given through this intimate union and relationship between us with God, right, on the top of that. All right, hold on. Hold your seatbelts. Lordship. He is worthy to be our first love. He's worthy to be our mission. And he's worthy to be our very life. This is Matthew 10, 37 through 39. These are Jesus' words. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Have you, ever, have you ever had to really wrestle, though, I mean, and I could go on and on with passages right here, but have you ever really wrestled with that? It's tough stuff. But, but have you wrestled with people in your life, a small group, again, this is discipleship of really wrestling of my affection, is do I see him as worthy of my first love? Remember, this is his letter in the very end of the thing to the church in Ephesus, if you've lost your first love. You've given your affection, your priority has changed right, to others. And folks, this is where this dynamic of following Christ and experiencing his power and blessing in our life really starts to come alive is when we really start getting in tune with our heart. And is he really our first love? Is he our first love? And, 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 and let's just, none of us are there. Okay, let's just say that right now, right? We're not there. But the key is back to the question in my little scribble is, am I willing to make him there? See, that's discipleship. We, we come to him, we're a mess, we're, we need all kinds of stuff. To, he, he's going to do uh, uh, But am I willing? See, that's what he wants. Because that's at the core of my motive of my heart. Am I willing to make him Lord? Or am I just willing to say I believe and just come to church, just go through programs, felt need things, but not really making the Lord of my life. Am I willing? Right? And that's a challenge, isn't it? 
It doesn't get any more bold than that. He's worthy to be our first love. And so I have to be honest, like, wow, okay, I have to really work through that. Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. What do you think he means by that? That's mission, purpose, meaning, right? Is what he's saying to follow Jesus, my purpose and meaning has to be wrapped up in his purpose and meaning. That has to be the core of, of what I'm all about. And am I willing? Again, I'm not even close to that. I was like, Lord, but am I willing to? What does it look like for Jesus to be my main purpose, my, my meaning, right? My mission in life. And these are in order, right? I mean, before that can happen, he's got to be the first love. I've got to have, to have that true affection, be willing to make him the first love of my life. And then, of course, this statement that we see all through the Gospels, whoever right, finds his life will lose it. But whoever, as he says, loses his life for, for Christ's sake, will find it. There it is. That kind of sums it all up. Am I holding on to, am I just saying I believe in Jesus and I'm just doing what I, am I just believing and only reading the parts of the Bible I agree with that are easy and that are feel good? Or am I willing to make him Lord? And what I want to advocate to us here in this idea of becoming a disciple-making church is the only way for this stuff to truly be fleshed out, to move from just a transactional faith that honestly leaves us very empty and very vulnerable, right? to move to, to a genuine follow-up. I'm following Jesus. Is we have to do what Jesus commanded us to, which is make disciples. We have to be willing to make ourselves vulnerable enough to say, I'm ready I'm diving in. Let's go. I don't know. I, I don't know about these big questions. I don't know where I'm at. It's kind of scary, you know, but I'm willing, to, I'm willing to start learning what it is to really follow Him. And I'm willing, right, to be in an environment to, to grow and to dive into the Scripture and to really wrestle with these fundamental, most important questions of, wow, am I willing to make Him Lord of my life? Now, all these other things are important that I talked about, the felt needs, the, the working on the specific areas of our lives. But you know what happens to those things? Those things should feed discipleship. But the reality is, is when we start answering these core questions before our Lord, you know what happens? All these other felt need things start getting transformed. Because when he's the center, right, it's just a moving out, springs of living water, right? Transformation starts happening in all areas, right, of, of our life. All right? Does that make sense, gang? Um, I know it's heavy stuff. All right? But what I, I hope to accomplish here this morning is that just for all of us, right, myself included, is like, wow, am I willing to follow him at all costs? Right? Another passage that was a part of the one we just read here was another man ran up to Jesus and said to him, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you'll go, but first let me go bury my father. You know what Jesus' reply was? Let the dead bury the dead, but you come follow me. You know, and that just doesn't land. That's not very, that just lands kind of hard, doesn't it? What do you think's going on there? You go let the dead bury the dead, but you come follow me. 
What do you think's going on there? You think that you think that Jesus is not caring about about this young man's responsibility at home and to take care of his dad? You think that's what's going on? No, there's something deeper going on, right? What do you think Jesus is getting at? It's right here. Are you willing to make me your first love? Are you willing to make me your mission? Are you willing to listen to me first? Listen, this is very important. Rather than the imposed responsibilities imposed on you by your circles of friendship and family, are you willing to make me the Lord of your life? And it is then and only then that we lay hold of this intimacy, this abundance of life that he promises us. So let me, we have time for just a, a couple questions, feedback. Talk to me. Let's just be honest here. Again, listen, this, none of us have this down, right? It's a part of discipleship. It's a part of saying, am I willing to spend time with a group of people who are all willing, let's go after this. Let's have a place to really, and we have to stop, go back to the top, actually, of my little scribbles here. And I think we have to start right at the top. Even if you have been in church your entire life, you know you've got to do with this. Do you really believe? And what's the evidence of that? Is my belief and my statement of belief, is my attending church backed up by a lifestyle and choices and everything that, that actually say, yeah, they believe. Because you know what happens? If I don't have someone calling me out, if I'm not getting together with somebody that says, Woodrow, there's a little, there's a gap here, man, and holds my feet to the fire. You know what? I, I, I'm not going to grow. That's, discipleship is the context of transformation. And the whole goal is that we, in turn, after we've fed on that and gotten that, is that we go and that we, we get in, involved in others' lives in a small group, and, and we get to share our story, and we get to lead them through this funnel into seeing Jesus as the Lord of their life. Come with me. Let's hang out. Let's have a coffee. Let's dive into Scripture. Let's learn together how to really follow Him. And let's just and let's have a safe place where you know what? If we just if we just we just want to vent, we just uh, just say, here's what, phew, here's what I really think. That's got to come out. That's got to come out. What I really believe, what I really think, it's, it's got to come out in the top right here. So, so what? We can flesh it out. We can work through that. Right? Thoughts? Anybody? Questions on this? Comments? Any, uh, any clarification on, does this make sense at all? Back here, John. Uh, spot on, Steve, when you say we're all not perfect at this, right? Yeah. Not close. Not close. <laughs> right. But, but I, I have the, the, the blessing to be in with a small group of guys, and we're willing. We're yeah. admitting that we're willing to do this. Yeah, amen. And all I want to share with everybody here is when you actually reach that point, what you start to hear yeah. is like nothing I've ever heard before. That's it, bro. That's it. That's it. Exactly, that's it. That's good. 
Because, gang, we know, right? We know we have a culture of isolation. We've been taught that. The problem is just believing transactional Christianity feeds into isolation. That I can believe in you. I believe, I believe, but I'm isolated. And over a period of time, is it my soul? What's really going on here inside how I really feel about things, right? There's no place to, to really work through that. Nobody really knows me. And that's the plight of our culture today, is going through life not being known. Not really knowing. Nobody really knows you. Right? And without that context, man, God, you dirty, oh, come on. We can't have this radical. You got some? Yeah, over here. So after a message like this, and you've had maybe folks sitting on the sideline, what would you encourage encourage the body as next steps to take as far as being a disciple-making church? Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks. I I wish I had a full answer to. All right, we're fleshing all that out, right? But um, we have several things that's going on, and and I think we just want to start by by throwing this out. Is this is where we want to go? You want to be this kind of church where you have an avenue to, to, to move in this journey and, and to get into. We want to help facilitate ladies getting with other ladies in this context. And men, same thing, in this context. And so I think the next step, at least for this message right now, is to carry on the conversation right now. Is Our role from a structural standpoint, we're all ears, we'll bat this around more, is, is how best to facilitate right, getting people connected. But honestly... The best way that happens, all the groups I know of happening are just from this conversation going on from here out to lunch over a coffee and just wrestling, battling these things out. And those things move into um, other groups. Uh, and, and the reality is, is some people might think, well, I'm not in the, I, I, I'm, I don't feel confident enough to lead a group like that. Perfect. Bring somebody else in, right, that is ready. And we have several who are, right, ready to, to, to lead out in that. So I think it's just those two things of really wrestling with, okay, you know what? I, I, I want to I go this direction. I, I want to learn what it is to be discipled, right? And in that, in that conversation, our role here is to help nurture that to the right place, right? Where that will happen. And we'll talk a lot more about the details uh, in, the, in this year ahead of what that looks like, curriculum, you know, in the sense of what do we talk through, but it starts primarily with the gospel and our story, just being honest with the gospel and my story, and has the gospel really, really transformed my life, right? And getting to know each other, right? Building a place where we can just lay it out, boom, right? So, um, man, just I, I take this, gang, and... Uh, Boy, I think even with Derek's survey questions, how did that make you feel? Circling those things, right? Exposed. Expo- yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, we don't, we don't progress unless we kind of, right, for all of us, we try to struggle with something, we don't really progress. So, um, boy, we, we want to, in each of our lives, right, push each other on. Becoming followers of him, right? Father, thank you, Lord, for this morning. And uh, Jesus, I just pray for, for those of us here who are struggling with the, the, the belief question. Lord, help them take one step this morning, Lord, close to communion, to, to get with someone, to grab somebody here, God, or to, to be willing to just wrestle and maybe for the first time even just share how they really feel, what they really believe, Lord. 
and their questions. And Father, I pray for uh, those of us here, Lord, that are, Lord, we've been stuck in that, just that loop of just believing, but, but just kind of a transactional thing and attending things, but, but, but not, not discipleship, not where we're, uh, that environment where we're really, really known. And we can pursue you, Jesus, to be the Lord of our life. Father, we know this is where real radical transformation flows out of this. And Lord, I pray that you'll just come and encourage every heart here this morning. God, you love us. Man, you want to come in deep into everything there's, that's inside us and just do that resurrecting work we sing about. Lord, we love you. Come. Come, Lord. Let your love, Lord, be tangible, Lord, over your people this morning, God. Just take some time and really come talk to the Lord about this lordship. Is he the Lord? Are you willing to make him Lord and follow him as you come to the table and celebrate how much he loves you, how much he wants to be involved deeply, right, inside your life? Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.